It's called the Expand Expanding Pedal Board. I think this is absolutely genius. That is for sure bigger than my current pedal board. It's the greatest idea ever, Dario. Absolutely knocking it out the park at the minute. Chris Keys for Premier Guitar. I'm hanging out outside Nashville, Tennessee at Laverne at a, a, a undisclosed location at pre-tour rehearsals for the band Camino. I'm joined by Jeffrey and Spencer. Gentlemen, uh, I know that you guys met in college and you're performing uh, various instruments as you do throughout your show, but uh, we're going to talk guitars. So talk to me about how you stumbled into guitardom and playing, you know, being uh, guitar players and we'll go from there. I cool. would say stumbled is a pretty good word. It's a very good word um, for it, yep. Because I think I got my first electric guitar um, around, the, we started the band in 2015. I think I got my first electric guitar uh, in 2015. So, grew up playing piano mostly. So, guitars just come to like, you know, I, we started making band sounding music. And I was like, oh, I probably need an electric guitar. I think yours is similar. similar kind of situation. I was playing, he had a an Americana sort of band group thing going along and we met in college we had a nice spring break together um obviously became very close colleagues after after a nice little uh, beach extravaganza <laughs> as you do as you do were you guys yeah. in pcb we were, we were oh, PCB. Yeah. just took yeah. a guess just yeah. took yeah. a guess it's not while yeah, they we were, we were, uh, i don't know if I'm, i don't know if i'm allowed to say this but it was while they still let you drink on the beach i don't think they let you do that anymore yeah. for very good Could reason you? Could you guys be the reasons of this? Uh, there was a probably. We were, there was, a I think that was one of the last years before they mm -hmm. changed. But it was it was a, a wild time, and we had just become friends. So we like rode down there. And yeah. So anyway, I had been playing in his Americana band a bit over the summer, um, and then he came in with a chorus to his song, and he was like, "Man, I don't feel like this feels like an Americana thing. I feel like it feels like a real, like band band yeah. thing." And band he was band. like, "We should we yeah band band." Um, so we started a group, and I bought a guitar off my friend Will. And uh, rocked with that for it was a, it was a strat. We both played Stratocasters for a little for bit like, there. Yeah, second, and I sold my strat and bought a Jazzmaster yep. that I couldn't afford. I was paying it off through Guitar Center. Yeah, you know how it is. So yep. I payments. Like, I was paying like eighty bucks a month, which was like so much money for. I was yeah, so broke. at the time that was a lot. Um, it's funny because as we'll go through, you guys have a, a stable, you know, respectable uh, uh, horses. We'll look at here in a bit. But because of you guys coming in, maybe the back door to guitardom mm -hmm. and being guitar players, you don't have the preconceived notions as we'll get into your actual rig later on where, you know, well, it's gotta be tubes and it's gotta be pedals. Like you, you come into it with a very fresh perspective where I'm, as we've talked before we start rolling, is that you can solve problems that don't have to be headaches because of where you grew up or the things right. that you've already established with yeah. tone. Which we, there was, there's definitely a time where we were dead set on using real amps and, and pedal board. So, yeah. There was a pedal board era for sure, and it, it lasted a long time. But it was just it got to the point where the tech, you know, the tech 
on the stuff we're using now, the quad cortexes and stuff is just like unbelievable. Yeah. So, and it's so much, it eliminates so much room for error yeah. in a show, you know, like I saw my pedal board at home that I, I yeah, know, we still mess around with, around with them. Yeah, in the studio, but it just eliminates like, oh no, it's time to go on stage and I have 20 cables and one of them is not working and I don't know which we one. We have to yeah. like, spend the next hour and a half figuring out which one that is. Yeah. Right? So, which, you know, a lot of people still put, like do it and do it well and like, it's obviously doable, but you know. Definitely. But yeah, maybe because we didn't grow up like as, you know, sticklers with amps and always yeah. this is how you do it. We're a little more like Oh, but there was definitely work? a feeling when it was like, Oh, we could get these we got helixes first and we were like, oh, dude, I don't know. I wanna I wanna hit my pedals. Yeah. But it definitely like just being able to focus on the show, like we like you said, we play a bunch of different instruments and or a couple of different instruments mm -hmm. and also kind of co-frontman the band and like you know, yeah. there's a lot of things you got to think about so it removes nice just all it removes a lot of um inconsistencies and then it just makes everything 20 times easier honestly. even though it was rehearsal you guys did explore the space you know quasi stage area sure so it's like you're not having to even worry about oh i got to get over here i got to hit this boost for this mm -hmm. section or this solo you're even taking that out of the equation exactly yeah. so you're wild. able to just connect with the audience and exactly perform. exactly that's yeah. the whole point yeah well, so, you need guitars to perform, so let's true. dive into it. What would you say, uh, have you each grab your main guitar and your number one? Which one, which one do you guys think we should start? Okay, we'll one. start with this one for you. Yeah. And then I'll grab this one. Yeah, and Jeffrey, you've been a Fender guy, but I see that you're slowly making that evolution or that I, growth to Gibson I and more am. humbucker I'm, guitars. I'm opening up my mind a little bit on, you know, <laughs> what yeah. I'm down to play, which Spencer's had a, a big influence on me, and then just Gibson, they've been amazing to yeah, us. Yeah, Gibson and, Nashville has been a huge uh, um, help for us. And, and they, they wanted to kind of help us out, and we've become friends with them, and like shout out to the whole Gibson team in Nashville, but they, you know, even when they were like, I was like, I, I've never played a Gibson, I've never owned one yeah. you know and they were still like well it's fine we'll, we'll get we'll like you know what is spencer like well how can we like you know meet in the middle or whatever so even they've been you know really kind to us even when only one of us was playing gibson which is really cool i think with your case they're probably like kind of a drug dealer mentality and i don't want to disparage anyone at gibson because <laughs> they are great people they always open the door to premier guitar and our crew for the video team but uh, it's like well if we give them a taste little gibson taste you're gonna be keep coming back yep. give me a lifelong yeah, subscriber exactly. well I've, I've always wanted a j45 and on I was uh, at like a camp at some point there was an artist that I like looked up to back in like high school who always played this old beat up J45 and I was like man I want one of those one day so playing one of those now we'll get to acoustics but the started with the Gibson acoustic and now you know but anyway Fender Fender is you know my first guitar both of our first electrics were strats yep okay and then I switched to jazz masters and I have three jazz masters now which one of them I use as a backup I don't really play them live that much anymore all right but um, yeah, I've just always played Fender and we named a, a song after a Fender guitar color, which is Daphne Blue, our song, and that's a Fender color. One of our friends uh, from Memphis bought a Fender Blue Mustang, or a Daphne Blue Mustang. And he was like, dude, this is called, like the color's called Daphne Blue, that's so sick. And then we were like, we should write a song called Daphne Blue. Yep. <laughs> so we have a whole song based off of a Fender guitar color and you know, we always figured maybe Fender would want to like do something with that, like some kind of collab. But I feel like a Dan Camino signature guitar would be pretty, pretty easy yeah. jump to make. Yeah. But you know, so far uh, we've received a lot more love from Gibson than we ever have Fender. So maybe we need to make a Gibson color song 
Yeah. No. Pale and blue. There you go. That's yeah, the next there you go. Exactly. Amazing. Exactly. We'll stick to the blues. I think maybe that'll be uh, <laughs> keep it easy for everybody. So what do you do? What do you dig about your, you know, the telly that you still keep well, it in the let's, arsenal? Let's start with the most important thing: the way they look. <laughs> yeah, the shape, uh, of course. The shape. No. So just to explain the color, we're doing um, this tour is called Screaming, Screaming in the Dark tour, and the whole thing is kind of a play on the darkness and the light, and we're doing all this cool in the dark stuff. So we painted. Both of our guitars in UV paint, so this stuff when the black light comes on, these colors just like radiate. Which yours is a lot brighter than mine. The pick card kind of killed mine a yeah. little here, which is a bummer, but just kind of needed it because stuff was falling out. I'm gonna cut my hand. Um, but this is just a standard um, Mexican-made Telecaster, and the main thing about it is I've been playing with an Evertune bridge for the past three years. How did you get there? Um, I heard about him. Our uh, producer, I think, was the first one to have yep. him that I played. Mm -hmm. um, our yep. producer, Jordan Schmidt, has an Evertune Strat. And it basically, it's crazy tech, but it's, it's just all, uh, you have to hollow out a ton of the guitar to make it fit in there, but it's got these springs, and it's kind of like it's just a balancing act where the tension here matches the tension of the spring. And so I tuned my guitar before the show, even maybe just before sound check, and I don't have to tune it again that whole day, which is sometimes wild. even like multiple shows. Yeah, no, obviously, wow. if I keep it at the house, I'll tune I'll tune it up every week or two. But like, and it's amazing for recording because it's just like so in, and you're not doing a take, and you're like, oh, is it out? Mm. Uh, it's just like, which you lose a little bit of feel, a little bit of vibrato kind of stuff. But honestly, that when you have it the set up, the trade off is worth it. Yeah, and I'm playing a lot of rhythm stuff, and I have like a couple little solo moments and some some more diddly parts here and there. But like, I can still get away with it, and if the more I've learned to kind of keep it, you have to like put these right on a certain little threshold. And if you keep it right there, it's still, you know, it, feel, it still feels good, so. As someone that's not spent a lot of time with the Evertune, I know this that you, during when you guys were running through some songs when we showed up earlier, you have a capo sometimes. Uh -huh. Is that, how's that work? Oh, with it's like perfectly in tune. So I, could, I could capo it all the way up to like the 20th So once you're set be, and it's good, it, yeah. you know, as long capo's as on and off or not even. Good, yeah, it's, it's perfect, which is wild. So all the way up the neck dialed. I have one in my backup, um, which I can go ahead and show this and then you can go. But uh, so what I'm using as a backup. Um, it's a Jim Root Signature Jazzmaster. I mean, we should be talking to Spencer about his, but I got it. Yeah. We got to know what's going on here because obviously these come with EMGs. Yeah. Uh -huh. So, so what's going on out. here? What we was, switched them out. Um, was there a reason? Was it like a, uh, yeah, it just, a sound it, thing? or just, Yeah. It, so basically it was so much louder than... Oh. Then this hitting the quad cortex in a yeah, different volume. Yeah, always having to have all separate tones for that, and I kind of stopped playing as much. And we had already spent the money to, because that didn't come with an Evertune. Mm. We spent the money to put it in, which was it's a lot cheaper to just buy them straight from Evertune with it in there. Because if you buy a guitar, you know you spend a couple grand, and then it was to, I think it was like eight hundred bucks to get the Evertune put in. So yeah. it's like you're you're way better off just buying one to put in. So. We'd already put the Evertune in, and we're like, let's switch the pickups out, maybe then I'll play it more and a half, because it kind of matches the volume of this okay. now, and I don't have to have new patches. So, yeah. those, are, those are my two main fenders. What do you got, Spencer? Uh, so, I have been rocking the, uh, this is a Prophecy Series SG from Gibson, or from Epiphone, technically. Um, I've been playing on the, um, my first ever Gibson was actually a Lizzie Hale Explorer that our friend uh, Dan let me uh, borrow. Shout out Dan. Thank you for that. I still have it in my in my upstairs studio. So That's if you ever good. need it back, let me know. 
that's good. Um, but Sometimes so, those loaners get away from us. Exactly. Yeah. So that's <laughs> no, where it is. Really if you need it, I got it still. Um, and that was super sick. It kind of introduced me to the world of Gibson. Um, I'd never really played Gibson. I mostly played a Stratocaster um, up until that point. But we and were look looking at all these Gibsons now. Yeah, no, yeah, look right. at that. Yeah. And so um, we needed. Uh, our manager Jameson was like, introduce maybe like you play an, an interesting shape on stage or like just something that's a little more zany because I didn't, when we first started, I wasn't, I didn't move around a lot and I didn't do it. So just having a shape that was really interesting kind of helped the, that whole situation. Um, and then a couple of years back, we stumbled onto, upon these, uh, this prophecy series and I was playing an Xterra, which is the um, explorer version okay. of a prophecy. It's the exact era of, a, of this. So they all have the Fishman Fluence pickups which are super sick. I've loved them. I record with them all the time. This is what I use at home. Um, and I also have a backup SG with, that is the exact same setup. And the best part about them is that every single one is exactly the same. So I didn't have the problem of having to change out pickups or, yeah. um, or anything like that. So just kind of introduces a level of consistency um, that I really like. And I just love the sound. And it's super... It, it's super moldable and it's whatever you want it to be. Now, what should we know before we get into any more guitars and what strings you guys typically use, gauges and brands, and then maybe some tunings that you guys cover in the, in the set list? Yeah, um, we mostly just use D'Addario. Um, we have a little sort of situationship with them. Um, so we use D'Addario strings um, and mostly 10 to 52 tens. Is yeah, usually I think, I think we're what we use. We were on we were on elevens for a while. I was long playing elevens for a while, but they just got a little heavy. Yeah. And I'm not like a jazz player, so I don't you know, just like yeah. it's like it's a little I like to, I like to be able to actually move the string a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> and then for a long time so, you were doing two different packs. You were doing like a hybrid like, thing? You were doing yeah, like Yeah, I was doing a really, really heavy low E string and then a thinner upper string. So it was like sort of half and half. So because I was playing in uh, drop D a lot okay. at the time, and so I just wanted those bottom three to really be like beefy and, and thick. Yeah. So um, <laughs> I got away from that just because it's like, it literally is impossible. I would break my string so often and it would like start hurting me a lot. So yeah. you, you would still I used to break, break a string like, every single night. Yeah, so it would it was, be like the heavy boys, which yeah. is crazy. So a little more, like a little less tension. And also it was like breaking my guitars because they're so thick and I would play and it was, it was which ran now, into a lot of weird issues doing that. But now we're on, we need to play the same size strings, yeah. which is Ten, for a long time. Was, we, were, we were back and forth and now we're just like, uh, yeah, they, they just work easy. great. They're, I mean, What's the what's the the black packs like the black, the matte finish packs? You remember? No, the NYXLs. Yeah, the NYXLs. Yeah. We've been playing yeah. those for a while, and those they're great. they're pretty e those. excellent. Um, what about tunings? So mostly, mostly playing standard for most of the songs. I play I think three or four songs in open D, so dad, D A D F sharp A D, um, which I've I've really enjoyed playing in. Obviously, I need a completely separate guitar for that, but yeah. um, I. It's just a lot more fun to play in, honestly, because yeah. you don't have to. You don't even have to think about it. If you just p play anything, it just sounds really good. So it's hard I, to mess up. I um, sometimes do a guitar. Well, would have done a guitar half step down, which I feel like real like you know some technical guitar players are going to hate me for this, but now I use the quad cortex pitch shift, oh. and I play a half step down on a couple songs, and it sounds. Amazing. Sounds like, cool. It's crazy. How, how does it track when you're playing? You, 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 do you notice anything or hear anything? No, I guess with no, your ears. No, 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 with <laughs> ears on. Wow. If I'm if I'm at my house and I'm like strumming and I'm in front of my monitors, it's a nightmare. But if I have 
I gotta put my headphones on so I can't actually hear. Yeah. But like with the PA, how loud it is, like no one's hearing this and I'm not hearing this. So it's crazy, but yeah, I'm just pitch shift on half one, step down. Half step down yep. And it sounds like it sounds like the real thing. It sounds like the real thing. It's it's crazy how well it does. And yep. it's crazy that it's getting the whole like all those strings at once just like you know, I can rock out, play whatever, and it is like spot on. Whatever whatever voodoo yeah. tech stuff they have going on. <laughs> That's way that, out of like, my pay grade for yeah. to explain like, that part. There was one on the Helix and there's different like plugins and stuff that obviously do yeah. pitch shift and it's always like you can maybe get away with it if it's you're playing like a one note part or something like that. But like the one on the quad cortex is it's pretty impressive. It's pretty impressive. Then. No and with it only going down like a little bit, you know what yeah. I mean? I feel like if you're doing like drop C, then yeah. that that's yeah. you know you're going down so low yeah. that it, it gets it gets like incrementally more like sure. noticeable. Mm -hmm. But yeah, yeah. getting it with a half step allows you yeah. to yeah fake it. Yep, it's <laughs> exactly. Yeah, it's that's crazy. the idea. So it's it's weird because if I'm you know if I'm just like messing with it and I have like one ear and I can hear my guitar, I'm like oh nightmare. But <laughs> it's crazy. Yeah, so man. I don't play any other tunings. Well, should we meet some uh, more of your friends here in the boat? Yeah. Let's do it. Pull them out. So I, let's see here. Ooh. I don't have a single song where I really play that Jim Root. It's just a backup because if I, if you know, I break a string and I need to play it for one song or whatever, and Hayden will change. Okay. String and I'll just go back to the telly. So the Jim Root's kind of just there if I need it. I switched to this for three songs in the set, which is the first time I've played a Gibson live. Wow. Custom Firebird, it, it's crazy. It sounds so good. So, yeah. And how did you come to? You know, how did you get to? Because there's a kind of a cool story. Well, or, you yeah, know, you were I able mean, to kind of pick it out. So yeah, we've like built this, you know, relationship with Gibson and Jordan and the, the team there in Nashville and Caesar have been amazing to us. And so we were making a music video for our first single from this record that just came out called "Told You So." The song is called "Told You So." And so we were talking with them about, you know, like, they've hooked us up with guitars and like, you know, so we're like, you know, we'd love to play Gibson's in the video and you know, we'd love to put like Gibson amps and stuff in the video. So we, we kind of loaded up the video with like uh, a new line of amps that they were releasing. And Mesa Boogie stuff. And Mesa Boogie yeah. stuff. Yeah. And we are, you know, I wanted to play Gibson just because they have been so kind to us. So they're like, well, just come in and see like if anything like catches your eye. So, Which is a dangerous invitation to guitar player. Extreme, very, very. Because I'm like, I still, I'm like, I don't even, I don't know much about Gibson's. You know, I know what Spencer has, and I know through him, like, what yeah. sound, how, it, what he has, and like how they sound and stuff. So I go in, I'm like looking at stuff. I end up grabbing a 335 that I loved, and I was like, wow, this is amazing. And I was gonna take that home, and I still have it. And um, they're like, you yeah, just take it home, see what you like, you know, see if, see if you connect with it, kind of thing. And Jordan was like, oh. uh, we have this one guitar in this case here. It was like in the back room. And she was like, uh, you know, I think maybe Caesar or someone was like, they should take this. She's like, you should check this out. And I opened it up and it was this. And I was like, oh my God. Like, <laughs> you know, I've never played anything that looks like this. I've never played anything this heavy or this large. Like, I feel like I'm like, you know, I feel small when I hold it because I'm used to like, you know, these small fenders. So yeah. it's awesome. It's, it's so cool. I played it for the Told You So music video and then I've just, you know, I mean the shape and the hardware off the, the black bad, and the, the, the cream or the white bind, binding. Yeah. It is a true rock star guitar. Like it is. I've never had that feeling because I'm a nobody. But like that guitar, <laughs> putting it on, I would feel like, oh, I'm meant to do this. It's yeah. definitely well, some I rock feel star like shit. a little bit like when I put it on, I'm like, oh shit, I need to get better at guitar. This is like a real. <laughs> this is a real guitar. So 
I'm playing this for Told You So in the set and for Haunted and for what else? Uh, okay. Yeah. So Sounds right. Yeah. It's cool to switch it up. It's cool to like, see, I have a Gibson and be playing it on stage. I'm like, wow. Yeah, man. I feel like a grown It's a good man. looking thing, man. Now we both have Firebirds. So yeah, I got this one. Firebirds. Yeah, I got this one a while back. It's a little more natural. It's not. This is like it's definitely so one of the light. whitest Dude, guitars I've ever played. Hurts my, hurts my back. I've never had like back pain after playing in the rehearsal this week. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, go home. I'm like, oh man. Hey man, it's labor. It's labor. Uh, or beauty's pain is what they say. Yeah. yeah. So, um, but yeah, it's like a classic. Just got some some mini humbuckers and then. Um, is it a little bit smaller than the? the yeah, it's the, definitely like a. It's definitely I think the almost scale like a of shadow it, of it. Yeah. yeah, exactly. It's more of like it just doesn't have the binding on it really. Um, so it's considerably less heavy, which is nice for me. Um, this is what I usually run the uh, dad fad. Okay. So, and then I have, yeah, so I, this, this is what I play. I guess I play four, three or four songs in, in open D, like I said earlier. So. And this one doesn't obviously have fluence because if they haven't come out with fluence mini humbuckers yet. Yeah, no, so. no, just, just the mini humbuckers and I have to, you know, work on patches and do a little bit different thing that I would with the fluence, obviously. Oh, okay. But, but pretty sick, man. I, I really like Firebirds. I like that we have a, a Firebird, an all Firebird look too. Yeah, which is kind of sick. Pretty cool. Very dope. So, and then my backup is the um, for that that tuning is just the. This is what I played on the last tour, which is oh, no, the Extora. Um, it's just got those Fishman pickups as well. So, just a backup, just in case anything happens to the old Firebird. But now, are you going between the, the with the Fishmans? Are you using the different kind of settings they have? I know that they have like the the modern humbucker. But then they also have the PAF and right. the single coil. Now on this tour, no, just mostly because I'm playing a lot, mostly a lot of really heavy stuff. Okay. If anything, I might switch to the humbucker, um, just to say that I did. But most of the time, yeah. it's like I've fixed the patches to where, because um, I like the active. I really like. I just like the way that it feels and the sustain that it gives. So typically, I'll just stay on that the whole time and kind of adjust my amp settings. Um, more than anything. And you have like limitless tweakability with the neural so that you can fine tune it to that. Whereas maybe exactly. there'd be a lot more issues with if you had like a more analog rig. Exactly. Yeah, because exactly. like those knobs don't stop at 10. They keep churning. Yes, yeah, so they keep going. Exactly. <laughs> so what should we know about acoustics sitting behind you? Oh yeah, so uh, let's pop in. Are you guys in. both playing acoustics or we how are. does that break yeah, yeah. down? Yeah, this is here. Grab that. So mine is a Hummingbird Studio. I'll tell a quick story about how we got this was um, we were in Los Angeles doing like some radio stuff, or we were doing a preview for the new record, um, and we brought some acoustics. I think he brought another J45, and mm -hmm. I, had, I had a personal Epiphone Master Built that I really, really loved. Those are great guitars. Super sick. Master Built series. That Super sick. I actually, I, I had to, I, another funny story. I bought another one because I, yeah, I'll, I'll tell that story later. But the. They both got stolen. Is the is the main point? They got Damn. stolen out of the back of our car in Silver Lake, which was a dis rental cars. We came out. We were, yeah. Went in a bar. We were post show. We went to a bar. We were in the bar for like forty five minutes. Came back out in the back glass of the rental cars were smashed oh. out. Two yep. guitars gone. Yeah. So. So. Um, right before what was it? Right before our Nashville, um, like saw preview. Like, or we were doing a record signing. That's what it was. Yeah. Um, over at Grimey's in East Nashville, we. Um, Jordan came store in town. Exactly right. Yeah. Shout out Grimey's. <laughs> um, but Jordan from Gibson brought this over and was like, you know, try this out. This might, this might work. So it, it sounds incredible. It's one of the best sounding guitars I've ever played. And it has, has the, uh, 
LR bags, acoustic pickups. And I imagine you either go direct to front of house or, yep. or through the quad? Just direct through okay. to, to front of house, and then they, I can't remember what they run it through at the We just switched. We going through the quads until these past like four or five rehearsals, we just got um, enough channels to just have this on its own channel. Mm -hmm. So yeah, we're going straight in, which is great. Yep. They're, they're running them through all the good stuff to make them sound good, so. What about yours, Jeffrey? You got the um, J45? This is J45, baby. I've, you know, like I said, I've always wanted one of these, and I was playing a Fender on the last run, Fender Acoustic, and now I have this. So it sounds so good. Is, is this the one you were playing? We had, so yeah. we had two of them. We had them. two of them originally. One of them got stolen, so this is the. Man, you guys need to get like a, like the, like a, like, I'm trying to think of the word, but like in the 90s, it was a thing you put on the, your steering wheel. The car. Oh yeah, like the. You need to do that for guitars. Or the, someone needs to invent. You, yeah, we we have to have something like that. That's, that's can't let that happen again for sure. Yeah. So but yeah, this thing sounds great. Yep. And then it. the other day I was at um, Guitar Center and this is very similar to the master build that got stolen, and I saw it and I was just like, I feel like this is the universe telling me something. So yeah. I just bought it with my personal money and I was like. Took it over to Gibson, they put the LR bags pickups in it, so we just use this as a, as a, a whoopsie backup for our acoustics. That's so. the one you put in the car the next time you guys do a radio gig. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Or you go to the bar. Mm -hmm. Exactly. That's the one. If we I'm go to like the bar, that's the one we're sticking in the car. All these guitars, because, like, you know, we have, you know, we spend a lot of tour budget getting ready, we're making sure we have the right instruments, and then, you know, it was like, okay, we spent this money on, like, the, the business account, and then you go in and you're like, all right, but I could also spend, like, more money on my personal money on oh, yeah. more guitars. So. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Even though Gibson hooks it up all the time, I still buy their guitars. So. Yeah. Thanks, Gibson. You make you make a great product. That's awesome. Um, yeah. Now, as we move into what we would talk about amps and pedals, you guys, obviously, we've been alluding to it. We have the cor uh, Quad Cortex. But what's interesting, worth bringing up, is the new record that just came out last month, mm -hmm. or I guess, yeah, August, mm -hmm. August the Dark. Uh, as the title of the record is that you guys recorded it primarily using the quad cortex mm -hmm. so it's not any reverse engineering where a lot of times bands will use the amps and everything they want to use in the studio right and then they condense it down into the quad cortex yeah so people are hearing on this tour that you're about to launch uh will be what's pretty close to the recordings yeah just exactly. out. it's rad yeah that was the idea i just like we wanted to, it was kind of nice to be able to look at it from that, and from that reverse engineering way, being like, you know, thinking about it from a live show perspective. If we can, you know, if we can keep it as close to how we made it as possible, then it'll just make this process a lot easier. Mm -hmm. Which obviously we still like to tweak and stuff. Yeah. Yeah, we use. There's a time and place. Yeah. Our, our debut album, we went down to a studio and we used like, you know, every vintage cool amp we could find and, you know, just like all the classic stuff. And this record, we were just kind of going for like, what are we used to? We use the neural plugins. Like whenever I'm making a song, that's what I use. It's what we pull up. So we kind of were just like, we use these and they sound amazing. Let's just do what we do, mm. and, and then kind of go from there. And it's also nice. Cause, I mean, obviously, you can record a your signal, and then you're not committed to anything. You're like, oh, I hate this tone. You don't have to re-record it. You're just click a button. It's there. So yep. it's a whole new world. But it's crazy how how good the neural stuff sounds compared to a lot of other, you know, stuff that's like competing with it. It's definitely like, as soon as it came out and I was seeing videos of the Quad Cortex, I was like, so we've been on Helixes and we, you know, I'd always liked them, but not loved them kind of thing. Yeah. I was like, the convenience factor outweighs the fact that it maybe doesn't sound 100% like an amp. So hearing the, the QCs, it was like, wait, okay, yeah, this has, 
even more convenience factor. It's like a, it's touchscreen, drag and drop. It's like using an iPhone, and it sounds great. Yeah, it's it it's top so notch. Good. It's top notch. Responsive. So, yeah. Now, while you guys are doing that, you know, you know, you're making sure you get a good take on uh, performance. Is it allowing you to not worry about? Because sometimes bands get into a studio, and obviously you probably had pre-production, had the songs written, ready, you know, memorized, and all that but people can get in a wormhole where they're chasing a sound and they're mm -hmm. sitting on the ground trying to find that perfect pedal amp combination. Yeah. Well, you guys are probably just a lot more streamlined and able to focus on, was that the best performance? Was that the best take? Exactly. Definitely. That's, that's the main thing. Don't get us wrong. We're, we're prone to going down some extremely pointless rabbit holes. <laughs> sometimes sometimes yeah. they're not that did, pointless. Did but. you even make a record if you didn't go down a couple rabbit holes? Yeah, yeah. but it is just nice because sometimes you spend all that time and you just start losing perspective, and you're like, okay, well, here's the tone. We've been we've been finagling with it for an hour, and then you go back and listen the next day, and you're like, this tone sucks. <laughs> you lose all perspective. So, Fresh ears. It's so nice to be like, okay, we don't have to record that. We hate the tone, but we're just gonna we're just gonna tweak. Yeah. We're gonna hit next on the the preset list, and oh, there it is. Like, yeah. Or that's a closer. That's a starting point. Right. So, it's a. Now Very it's, fun. Now it's probably hard to remember what you guys obviously did the recording, but it's saved to the QC. So can you maybe explain or at least try to elaborate on terms of like what people might be hearing on the tour in terms of like any amps or any, any settings that you can divulge that people will give references to in terms of any t uh, users that might know the infrastructure that is the quad cortex. Mm. What we used a lot of the same amps. I feel like throughout the, I need to obviously like you said, it's just something that we can walk over and go check because yeah. I completely honestly have forgotten, but um, they're all easy tweaks. And also a cool thing about the QCs is we can, and I guess we're planning on doing this, but you can take them and put them on the app and release them to other people that have mm -hmm. QCs, oh, yeah. which is yeah. really nice. Um, so obviously, you know, we're not, we don't nerd out about the amps as much as other people might, but yeah. um, if you want to see them, we can definitely yeah, I'm using divulge. a Freeman on a lot of stuff. Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah. Sounds cool with the telly. Um, yeah, but it's the social aspect of the Quad Cortex, the app is so cool. You can go and search, you can search a player and if they have it, you can search like Pliny or whatever, Mateus Asado or, and if they have a profile, they might have their, a bunch of their sounds just set as public sounds and then you just star them. You're like, oh, I like these, star, 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 star. Yeah. Like, and you can't listen to them on the app, but you can be like, oh, it says like dreamy lead or like classic rhythm tone. You can start, and then when you go to your quad cortex, as soon as you hook it up to Wi-Fi, you go to my start, and then you scroll through, and it's like all the stuff you want, and then you can listen to it, and you can either save it to a folder that you have on your thing. And so it's just like a lot of my tones, you know, I'll start by just spending an hour on the app going through there's like discover page and there's like popular creators and stuff and you can just go through and like save stuff like oh here's like a synthy lead or like a, huh. like whatever like a tremolo it's just like oh an acoustic simulator like and just save stuff that you might like and then you can go through it later and just like oh no i didn't like that one delete or like oh that's cool i'm gonna save that to like potential stuff i use for the show and then you have a bunch of starting places that are you know not just stuff that was presets on the you know human made stuff yeah so it's it's really cool for just like discovering sounds and then the same with like we, I think I have some public sound. I don't know if I've made mine public. I want to say that, but also I don't know if you go look for me, you might not see me. Um, Maybe we should just do it after the tour. Yeah. I mean, I guess we can do it during. I yeah. mean, why not? But it's cool because, like, you know, we can. I could go and just set my stuff all to public, and it would just have all my show sounds like there, and like people could go check them out. And, be like, and oh, you're not is... precious about that, you know, because some people, some yeah. people like, you know, no. tape knobs and don't want to share anything. Well, it's not like... really, you know, there's not like a secret sauce. I think we're using like it's like you can go buy these and like. 
download the same stuff. So it's like, you know, I think we've gotten less precious about it as yeah, we, definitely you know, as we've gone along. And there's a certain kind of connection that can happen between you and your fans. You know, like, wow, that's what they use in that song. And I can, you know, with me and my Epiphone, you know, SG, yeah, you can, I, can, yeah. I can be just like the band. literally you know. do the same yeah. thing. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. There's a certain type of, like, I know that we're all connected through social network and all this stuff, but that's, like, something that, as a fan, you can just, you can really connect with the band that maybe on some level you're not doing previously when this tech was to- not, mm-hmm. not available. For sure. Yeah, yeah I, I think that's a super special aspect to the whole, to the whole thing. Now, what are you guys doing on stage uh, for this upcoming tour? You don't have any cabs on stage that are actually live. You're running no. all nope. in ears. Mm-hmm. And has that been like a, a growing process in terms of like your live sound? And, and I know that you alluded to that you guys had the amps and pedals, but I'm sure you had cabs on stage. Has it Was it a, a quick conversion to a quiet stage? Or was it like we took some things away but had a cab, but now it's like completely clean and quiet? Yeah, I had a cab for a while. Yeah, we, we both had, yeah, um, we both played with amps for a really long time. Well, once we switched to Helix, I had a cab for a while. It was okay. just once for stage volume on like Bin Rector 2. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I also had one yeah. as well. Yeah, just for just for stage volume. Yeah. But then there got to, it got to a certain point where it was like we didn't, we don't necessarily need, we have front fills and we have all this stuff and mm. it gets a lot oh. easier to mix. We were just, but you don't have to worry about the volume of amp on stage. And I had like a fin, I had like a small Fender cab and it was like, we got to be playing shows that were like, this little Fender cab isn't really like stage volume, but it's like compared to what's coming out of the PA, it's yeah. like so piddly. Yeah. So it's I like just a feeling thing. I like for how you said we don't have any cabs on stage that are actually live because yes, we are taking. Um, these Mesa Boogie yeah. cabs. Mesa, we're, we're, we're taking cabs like dummy cabs for the first time, yeah. just because we're doing this whole glow in the dark thing, and you know, obviously, like we said, our relationship with Gibson, they were able to kind of help us get these cabs, and we can do whatever we want with them. So we painted them all, so they it just looks, it just makes the set. We got lights you know, in them. Fills set set yeah. piece. We we hollowed them out. We put lights in them. So got rid of the vintage thirties. Put in some lights. Exactly. Exactly, exactly what you need. Yeah. <laughs> so it's cool. They they are alive, but um, it's a nod to the fact that we do. Um, we like them. They yeah, and just our, sound. yeah, and our partners. It's cool to amazing, yeah. do stuff. Though, def, yeah, do stuff with our partners for sure. And what uh, actual in ears are you using? Like sixty four sound or what uh, actual? We're doing. Um, we all have. I think Reagan all? included. All have all clear, yeah. which okay. is yeah. Um, yeah. I just switched, so this is like my third day on, and I love them. So. Yeah, they're amazing. They've, been, they've had them for like six months. Six driver. Been... It's it's pretty. They're pretty fantastic. Amazing for sure. Yeah. And what would you say like your mixes are like in your ears? What do you what are you craving to hear? What do you need to hear to perform? Typically, I like to try to hear it as close to the PA as I possibly can. Okay. With maybe like my guitar and my vocal up just a little bit for my performance sake. But typically, I like to have a lot of drums, a lot of bass, which is always interesting to. It's you're always fighting the vocal mic with the cymbals behind you, so it's like you always have to find the perfect balance of that. But typically, I like to if I can as much of that rhythm section as I can, so I can feel like I'm playing to them and mm. not so much to the click. Just because that's part of the live aspect is that's the, the ebbs and flows yeah. of yeah. the actual show. Because if one person's playing to the click, but one person's you know slightly off, or it's just easier to have them really loud, and then obviously have a little bit of a little bit of Jeff in there, and then his his vocal loud enough to where I can hear him talking and, and all that stuff, harmonize with him. Yeah, I'm. I have my vocal pretty loud, I think, because I get a lot of drums in my mic. So I, I have like kick snare and I try to mute like all cymbals and overheads in my okay. ears because I just get that from my mic, my vocal mic. So kind of other than that, like I don't have, I got kick snare, but like, and then bass, but like, 
I keep it pretty, you know, pretty even besides like just keeping the drums low for yep. the most part. Well, the last question I got for you guys, and it's kind of going full circle since we started guitars, is that I know you both have a relationship. I've seen you with it before, and then I've heard in another interview that uh, you had a connection that kind of like the one that got away. Is your uh, 339. You guys yep. both were like fans of those semi-hollow 335-style bodies, but 339. A, have you been able to track it down? I've, I haven't found the one. So I, back in, I guess, like 2017 or something, we were in Chicago, and I was such an idiot. Um, and I just had it as a backup, and I needed, I really needed some money at the time, so I yeah. took it to Chicago Exchange and I sold it. But it was like the coolest 339 I've ever seen. Has this like cool matte finish with the mini humbuckers. Yeah, the BB King. It was a cool connection, and they only I, made that Memphis edition from like 2014 to 2016 yeah. or something like that. So, so it was, like it was two or three years. a massive regret of mine. So I, I need to get back on that. Uh, if anybody has any leads, or if you bought a Vintage or not a 339 between like 2016 and 2017 from Chicago Music Exchange. Matt Black. It might be mine, uh, and I would love. I'll, I'll buy it back from you. Like it's, it's. I look back at I look back at pictures of it, and I'm like, I'm such an idiot. That is the coolest <laughs> guitar ever. Uh, Every guitar player, no matter if you've been playing, well, maybe not six months, but like a couple years or 30 years, has that story of the yeah. one that got away. An idiot. And it has no bearing of like the value. It's no. more the sentimentality of yeah. it. Yeah. It's like I, I, yeah. I'm sure there are some more on. The internet. I just, I feel so dumb for having well, sold it. Well, if we can help in any way, that's the point. And what not. about you <laughs> and your 335? I figured we would see it perked in in it's, this boat. So, but. well, I was deciding which Gibson to bring, and I was like, the Fire. I gotta play the Firebird. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. I left that one at home. Got it sounds it. like, it sounds so good, but it's like, it sounds so different. You know, it's like, you know, I'm I'm loving it for like, like clean tone stuff more. So it's like, this made more sense in the set. Got it. Definitely. But, yeah. Next to her. It's a beauty. Bigger yeah, boats. Yeah, yeah. But we'll play some more Bigger intimate boat. stuff and you can. I mean, it obviously it rips too. Like, I was, uh, like, whenever I was practicing that on a solo at home over and over, I was playing on that. It mm. sounds awesome. But <laughs> just the fire. If I was going to have the Gibson, like, full daddy moment, then yeah. I, I thought it was the fire. Oh, no, it definitely does the thing. Yeah. It does the thing that it's, you're being to do. God, play it. Yeah. So. Well, congrats on the new record again. Like I said, the title's The Dark. It came out last month. Surely, wherever you stream music, I'm sure it's there. Check these guys hopefully. out on tour. They'll be touring their nuts off uh, for the next foreseeable future, I'm sure, yeah, right? Hopefully pretty much, forever, yeah. yeah. <laughs> hopefully until dead. the wheels fall off, yeah. yeah. Well, check these guys out. Keep checking out from your guitar. Thank you so much, and this is Chris Keys.